Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers can get $150 in free bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Go to FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Today, we get to go behind enemy lines and talk to Locked On Ole Miss in a crossover episode as an early matchup preview for the Peach Bowl. And so far this offseason, it seems like the Rebels have had a lot better fortunes than the Nittany Lions. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Stephen Willis from Locked On Ole Miss, and I'm joined by Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. We have met here in Thunderdome, and we are going to break down the Ole Miss-Penn State game. We're actually going to do it the next couple of weeks. We're, my plan for this, Zach, is like on Thursdays, we just have an Ole Miss-Penn State crossover episode that I can put out. Yeah, it all works over here, right? I mean, this is the... I don't even want to call this the end of the 2023 season. This is a look at the beginning of the 2024 season. And people are putting Drew Aller and Jackson Dart into early Heisman conversations, into those lists, those rankings. So this game is actually a pretty good prerequisite for what 2024 has in store. Yeah, it is quite interesting because all the conversation in Oxford right now is about the 2024-12 team playoff and whether or not Ole Miss is going to be good enough to get a home team, um, home game during that playoff. Yeah. And the players that Ole Miss are recruiting right now in the um, transfer portal is absolutely nuts. Um, but what, what are the main storylines at Penn State right now? I mean, between hiring a new offensive coordinator, losing a world-class defensive coordinator, all in a going into a season where at least a good portion of the fan base, maybe not the entire more than half or anything else. I, I'd go about half here that James Franklin should be on the hot seat. And when you're going into an important season because of Penn state, I, I don't know where Ole Miss stands with Lane Kiffin, but I, I, the 10 and two, it seems like Ole Miss and Penn state are kind of the counterparts on each side of the, of those conferences, the sec and the big 10 respectively. And Going into 2024, where now, okay, the excuse was, well, the college football playoff is too small. It's only four teams. The elite of the elite only get in, or some random team will make make one uh, in a decade. And that's that's been true so far. But in this case now, James Franklin and Penn State would have made how many college football playoffs if it was a 12-team format? And if Penn State were to miss on its first year of existence, I can only imagine how the conversation would go from there, Stephen. So I think the he the headlines aren't about James Franklin's seat being hot. It's the fact that you're going into a season with a lot at stake and you had to fire your offensive coordinator, hopefully for the better, better right? Andy Kotelnicki was Penn State's top guy on their list and they got him. That's good that they can go and outbid other schools. Oklahoma really wanted him. Other schools were contending for him too. And Penn State ended up making, they made it to the finish line. And then, you know, Manny Diaz sticking around for one or two more seasons would have been great. But now they're looking for instead of just one coordinator, it's now two when, like I said, the stakes are a lot higher. Who's, who's going to be calling the defense in the bowl game? I would imagine Anthony Poindexter. Anthony Poindexter has called defensive plays at UConn. 
uh, played played safety at Virginia, uh, world class, you know, in the college in the Virginia Hall of Fame, right, uh, for college football. Very talented player in his own right when he was playing, and now he's the co-defensive coordinator for Penn State, and that means he was scheming. That means he was game planning alongside Manny Diaz. So I really don't think that there's anybody else more qualified to not only be the defensive coordinator in this game against Ole Miss than the guy who was calling or at least scheming, drawing up the blueprint every week with Manny Diaz. And I think he's the right guy to take over the full-time duties as well, not just the game in the, not just the Peach Bowl. Yeah, I was going to ask you, do you think this game is an audition of sorts for him um, to go? Because I do believe I listened to a couple of your shows um, last week and they're like Penn State, had some connections with the coordinator that went from UCLA to USC. And yep. th- there's a couple like just a little bit too late type situations. And yeah. you were, you were kind of worried that, I don't know, the music was going to stop and you were going to be le- left standing a little bit. Do, do, is that a real concern? Is it something to where you, you, I know that Poindexter might be a good choice for Penn state, but is there another option out there? Do you think the right guy, could exist out there outside of him, if that makes sense. I mean, I'll just put it this way. DeAnton Lynn and Elijah Robinson would have been my 1A, 1B for Penn State. Uh, Both of those guys connected to Penn State in some sort of way. Lynn playing for Penn State uh, not too long, just before James Franklin had taken over, but has shown that he is a a world-class defensive coordinator in his own right, uh, going from UCLA to USC. And then Elijah Robinson. If Manny Diaz does make this decision, I would say 48 to 72 hours sooner. And that's just, that's not, that's not on Manny Diaz. That's not him being slow to make a decision or do it. It kind of goes along with Duke's hiring process, right? They were looking at uh, Ohio State defensive coordinator, Penn State defensive coordinator, right? Uh, there were a lot of names that were vying for this job. A lot, a lot of elite names in this category. And if Manny Diaz and Duke had come to an agreement, Stephen, just in a matter of days before, Elijah Robinson would have been out there. And that's somebody that now has head coaching experience since he took over for Jimbo Fisher when Fisher was fired by Texas A&M. And James Franklin has said that head coaching experience goes a long way into being a coordinator. I know that Kotal Nicky hasn't been a head coach per se, but he's been an offensive coordinator for a long time. Manny Diaz was a former head coach, Joe Moorhead, current head coach, former head, former head coach when he took that job on as the offensive coordinator. Uh, and you miss out on, on Robinson just because of timing. So your question, I, I think, is permitted here because, yeah, Penn State would have had some other options that they would have at least liked to have had. But now I don't think they're settling for Poindexter, but to say that he's the best of the bunch that were formerly available is, is not the case. Yeah, it's, it's kind of an interesting situation. And, and going into a bowl game, like um, Chop Robinson has opted out, and that guy was good. Basically, Michigan in the game with Penn State just decided to run the ball because they couldn't block him. They, I mean, that that that's why they went into that game plan and did what they did. Uh, but him opting out, he was going to line up on a backup offensive tackle for Ole Miss. And that was going to be a matchup problem in this game because Penn state, in my opinion, has a triangle of death on defense. It was what I call it. They have two guys Mm -hmm. on the outside. They have the middle linebacker and all of them together. They're pretty good. But if you start taking pieces out of it, it's kind of like a game of Jenga. And I understand that you might have a four or five star behind chop Robinson, who's going Mm -hmm. to play in that game, but 
if that guy was better than Chop Robinson, he would have been playing. Um, so it's obviously going to bring the defense down a little bit. Now, the story for Ole Miss in this game, the big storyline that we're talking about, is Ole Miss has released players coming back for about the last seven days. And every key playmaker that you could imagine yeah. that would be an Ole Miss player is, is going to come back. There's going to be no opt-outs. They're actually going to come back for 2024. Um it, everybody's really excited. The whole Ole Miss fan base is completely out of their mind at the moment right now. <laughs> and 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 that right there has kind of overtaken the game a little bit. The recruiting has yeah. is overshadowing the game. But I do agree with what you said earlier in the program, and that is this is the first game of the 2024 season. So if mm -hmm. you are getting ready for the 2024 playoff, you need to win this football game. Yep. And I get that this is an exhibition and all that. It's nothing like that. But this is the deal for anybody watching this program. Whoever wins this game probably has a chance to be about seventh in the country at the start of 2024. That is yep. margin for error in the 12-team playoff land. Whoever loses this game is probably looking at being about 18th. No margin for error. Whenever you lose and go down, it's going to be that much more difficult to get in. There's actually a lot in this football game where it's actually going to mean something, Zach. I mean, I would argue, I don't I don't think that assessment's wrong. I just mm -hmm. think with what Penn State and Ole Miss are returning respectively, I think both teams, I think both teams will be in the top 10, regardless of the result, especially if it's close. If it's lopsided, one-sided, neither direction, I could see a case for that. But both of the when when the collective media whether that's on three, 24-7, eventually the AP will put out uh, its Heisman rankings. You can't just, if you're going to have that and tease that to begin the 2024 season, you can't say, okay, well, they're, they have a Heisman candidate, but really they should be barely top 20. May, maybe just uh, we'll, we'll put them in the top 15. If you have a Heisman contending quarterback from this perspective, whether it's Drew Allen, and I've seen the comments, I had to look it up. Drew, just search Drew Aller's name on X or anywhere else and see what people are saying about him. And the entire nation has sold out and saying that Aller should not even be anywhere remotely near this conversation. Fine, whatever. I hope it's more fuel to the fire because Drew Aller is talented and I think he's getting an offensive coordinator that's going to maximize those attributes that he has. Jackson Dart, kind of the same case. You, Stephen, you mentioned the playmakers that he's going to have around him. And the running game that is already there as as a base, right, to take all that pressure off of them. Penn State's got the same thing. They got Singleton and Allen. And mm. I know that Ole Miss has Quinshawn Judkins, who is arguably a top five running back in the country. I would like Singleton and Allen to live up to those expectations that we as Penn State fans and, and people who cover Penn State ha have put on them there. But both of those teams, I think, are firmly inside the top 10 going into next season just because of what they are returning. Penn State's got a lot of talent back. And so do the Rebels. Yeah, this should be a, a game that everybody is looking forward to. And honestly, we'll talk about when we come back that it's it's just a fun game because these teams have never met. It's 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 mm -hmm. something new. It's not Ole Miss has played Texas Tech like six times in a bowl game since 1997. That's more than Ole Miss has played Tennessee for reference. So we'll mm -hmm. talk about that in a little bit. But anyway, thanks for making this Locked On program your first listen today. We're just getting started. What are the storylines for each team before the Peach Bowl? We just did that. We're going to talk about players to watch coming up next. But right now, I want to let you know what Prize Picks is. 
And Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They are the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you versus the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. With basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League. It's the league specifically created for combo projections um, that you can pick from different sports and or leagues. For example, LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10.5 combo of three-pointers made and receptions. Prize Picks even offers a reboot policies so that your entries stay in play even if your players get injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player's rebuted. it. Price Picks is the only daily fantasy sports program with an insurance policy. So go to pricepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Go to pricepicks.com slash college and use code LOCKEDONCOLLEGE for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channels. All right, Zach, we did storylines in the first segment. Now let's kind of do like an intro of players to watch. If you're an Ole Miss fan watching Penn State, who are the two or three players that are going to stand out? I've mentioned Drew Aller quite a bit. I think he's the the obvious choice. Uh, if you're going, so I this is an offense, an Ole Miss offense versus a Penn State defense. Regardless of who's coaching, there's still talent on this defense that's going to be available that's not entirely going to opt out. Now we do need to wait and see because. I'd like to bring up Curtis Jacobs. I'd like to bring up Adisa Isaac because for all the good things, that all the great things that Chop Robinson did, Adisa Isaac did a lot of good things at that other defensive end spot. So I guess I'll go down one more spot on the totem pole here and nominate Deny Dennis Sutton. Deny Dennis Sutton is that five-star. Okay, what's that hypothetical four-star, five-star that's behind Chop Robinson uh, and isn't playing a lot because he's not better than Chop Robinson? Well, that might not be, that might be the case right now, but Deny Dennis Sutton projects I think, to be even better than Chop Robinson. And, and that's crazy to think with Robinson potentially going in the top 10 of next year's NFL draft. And I, Dennis Sutton, was one of the 30 best players available in the country in the class of 2022, recruited heavily by Georgia. Penn State was able to win that recruiting battle over Georgia. And, and I, Dennis Sutton, it basically acted as a third co-starter. You only have two defensive ends in most four, three defenses. Well, in this case, Penn State had another starter, and that was denied Dennis Sutton in this case. So he's not opting out. He's got another year of eligibility. So he gets to, he get before he can enter the draft, he gets to play. I would spotlight him, Singleton, and, and Allen, Catron Allen, Nicholas Singleton, the two running backs in the backfield, because if Penn State's done anything right on offense this season, it has been the running the football, even though it hasn't been to the extent that maybe the Penn State fan base wanted it to be. Those are the guys that that you're really looking at, but I understand Jacobs could opt out, Adisa Isaac could opt out, uh, the secondary, Kalen King could opt out. We're still waiting on those, you know. As we, you know, we record this in real time in the middle, you know, middle of December here. Uh, I would say Jalen Reed is somebody to watch because he had an interception against Michigan State. He's really coming on. People are not rating him properly, 
but those are some of the playmakers on defense that if they're in the game, great, all the more for a better competition, but players that regardless Ole Miss should put, put some value on and watch, are they going to be playing? Are they going to be opting out? What, what decision are they ultimately going to make? Yeah, if you look at Ole Miss offensively, I think the um, number one players you look at, everybody's going to think about Jackson Dart, and everybody's going to think about mm-hmm. Quinshawn Judkins. But the player that will get you beat the quickest by ignoring him and not and letting him go off is Trey Harris. Trey Harris is potentially the best wide receiver in the Southeastern Conference. The problem for him is he was injured for about four games this season. Mm -hmm. Um, He absolutely terrorized LSU. And against Texas A&M, I do recommend all Penn State go and watch the Texas A&M highlights if you want a Trey Harris show um, because that is exactly what he did. But Quinshawn Judkins and Jackson Dart, obviously, kind of a straw that stirs the drink type situation. And mm-hmm. Jordan Watkins. Jordan Watkins is the Mr. Reliable player for Ole Miss football. When Ole Miss needs a four-yard, if it's fourth and three and Ole Miss is going for it, it's probably going to Jordan Watkins. He's Mr. Reliable. Mm-hmm. He returns punts. He has the best hands on the team. And um, he's just, like I said, he's Mr. Reliable. Defensively, really like Jared Ivey. Jared Ivey just announced on Wednesday that he is coming back to school for his last year. He was, I think, a second-team All-SEC type player. Good defensive Mm. end. Um, Really, really good. Uh, Him coming back is important. The linebackers can be iffy. They can kind of be hit and miss. Um, But this is what Penn State fans probably need to understand more than anything else. If If your offense is not performing at a high level, Pete, um, Pete Golding in the Ole Miss defense has feasted on mid to bad offenses. So if you're not hitting on all cylinders this year or in this peach bowl, you could find some tough sledding. Now, the Georgia game, everybody saw that game. Much like they talk about Ole Miss's defense, the way they talked about Penn State's offense after the Michigan game and after the Ohio State game. But mm-hmm. after Alabama and Georgia, Ole Miss had to deal with that with the defense as well. Um, so if you're operating at a high level, I guess both of us are in the situation to where it can kind of get out of get out of hand a little bit. Yeah. But if it's it appears to be fairly close matchups, and I think that Penn State's offense versus Ole Miss's defense might actually be the units that decide this football game. Yeah, that uh, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Right. Um, Ole, Ole Miss's defense. I mean, I I wouldn't say. Part of it has to do with competition, right? Uh, the the SEC is going to give you the the best offenses to go up against. So I'm not when I look at what what I like to look at when scouting any teams, whether it's Penn State and an opponent, or or just in general to get an understanding of an NFL game or a college football matchup, is yards per play on both sides on on, on the four categories: yards per play against run, yards per play against the pass, and then what are you getting in yards per carry? yards per pass attempt. Penn State has the number one rushing defense in, in all of the country. They're only allowing two yards per carry. And now you have a 12-game sample size. You have Michigan and Ohio State because it's easy to say that when you play Delaware, when you play Iowa, that, well, no wonder they have those kind of stats. But now you factor in the Michigan game and the Ohio State game, and that's still the number one rush defense in terms of yards allowed. So that matchup stopping, I, I wonder how that's going to unfold when Quinshawn Judkins doesn't have that 
type of day where he goes off and it's going to be placed on the wide receivers in the passing game because I feel like those two things complement each other, if I'm not mistaken here, Stephen. Yeah, it, it, it's going to be a really interesting deal. against. I, I, I compare Penn State's defense to Texas A&M, and, and some mm-hmm. people might think I'm disrespecting, but Texas A&M had the best statistical defense in the SEC, so that's that's a compliment. But yeah. they led the nation when Ole Miss played them in sacks and tackles for loss. There's a lot of similarities that happen with this mm-hmm. defense, and Ole Miss has gone against a Manny Diaz-type defense before. They, he came from Mississippi State. We saw them um, on down the field. And don't worry, Penn State fans, we're not the ones with the bells. Don't worry about that. So is, is it a situation with Manny Diaz where counterflow and screens and things like that can be problematic at times? Because that is the way that back in the day, his fast flow defenses, oh, yeah. that was the way you got to it. Yeah, screen, screens are the way to to counter a Manny Diaz defense because you have so many players that are aggressive going upfield. You lose contain by nature. That's just the nature of any blitz. How do you stop the blitz? It's not only, oh, well, we found the secret formula to Manny Diaz and, and how to get through to his defense. That's how you stop any, that's how you counteract any blitz because it keeps defenses honest. If you're good at setting up screens, I, I guess I got to do my more homework on Ole Miss to see, okay, what kind of screen game. But a good program, a good coaching staff, even if they don't run screens relatively often, Ole Miss knows that, hey, we have a month of preparation here. Lane Kiffin has been around the block. He, he's been at Alabama. He's been at USC, right? He's been at Ole Miss. And so a, a good coach who's been in football for a long time knows that, okay, even though we don't run a lot of screens, we're going to run a lot in this case because we know what we're getting. Penn State's defense isn't going to be reinvented, right? You're going to promote whatever assistant, even if it isn't Anthony Poindexter. Poindexter is going to be the guy calling defensive plays because he's the co-DC for this entire season. But regardless, Penn State isn't going to change up its defensive nature. It's going to be this aggressive, blitz-happy, even though somebody is calling, someone different is going to be calling plays. So, and to, the flip side of that is in the Big Ten now. Uh, pardon me for not being as locked in as I probably should be. What is the tempo situation in the Big Ten? Tempo's uh, a little slower, right? Because you have you have the Big Ten West. If you're taking an overall average here, Stephen, the Big Ten West significantly drops the the Big Ten East. But in that same breath, it's not like Michigan goes fast pace. Ohio State really slowed down this season because they had different personnel. I would say if anybody really changed identities going into this season, it was Ohio State because Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State all kind of mimicked each other to a certain extent. Defense that's going to bail you out, and we're just going to play ball control and try to wear you out with an offense that you have. we have playmakers that you can't stop. At Penn State, Not it didn't really have as much of that as Ohio State and Michigan did, but that was the idea. We had enough playmakers to be able to grind you down throughout four quarters, and our defense is just going to smother you. We're not going to let you score a lot of points. We're going to make it miserable for you on offense. Uh, So the tempo in the Big Ten, I would say, now are there some select teams like uh, a Wisconsin went to a spread and maybe sped things up a little bit more, not the traditional ground and pound, but even still, even still, there really isn't this high-paced, fast team now that's going to change when USC, Oregon, Washington come into the UCLA, all come into the 
I'll come into the Big Ten here because that's their style of play. Uh, and it'll it'll be nice to see which which side would win in this case. As I, I'm a firm believer in slow and steady wins the race here. Pa- patience is a virtue. Yeah, Penn State, if you look at time of possession, is leading the Big Ten in time of possession. They yeah. you you they look at fourth, yeah, fourth and short. They're getting up and lined up in the T formation like 1957 and 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 just mm-hmm. playing bully ball with you. Ole Miss is probably the fourth fastest tempo team in college football. And my question is, how concerned will you be that Penn State might have bust because of it happening so quickly? I mean, they have this. This is a nice period of time. I will look at this from, I guess, a different perspective in the fact that you're not going week to week to week anymore. This is a chip. Players have a chance to get healthy. Players have a chance to get rejuvenated. You know what Ole Miss likes to do. You're not being surprised. Okay. If this was the first game, I, I know it's the preseason game to the 2024 season, but we also can't pretend that this doesn't put a lid on the 2023 season, right? These teams have gone through the conditioning. It's not like they're coming out of winter workouts. They're just hitting they're hitting bags in, in practice for the month of August and tackling dummies. And then they're going up uh, against a high power, high tempo type of offense against Ole Miss. They've gone through 12 games. They know what it's like. There, there isn't that, there isn't that lull. There isn't that delay. This this month allows them to get rested and be better prepared for a fast-paced offense. Whereas if this was the first game truly of the 2024 regular season, yeah, I might have some doubts here, but I don't think it's not like Penn State isn't well conditioned. Remember, they pay they play a fast-paced defense as it is with all the blitzing. So I think Penn State will at least be adjusted in that right. Yes, this would be the fastest offense in terms of uh, plays per game, time of possession that Ole Miss is, but I, I don't think that's going to be a headache or something that like, man, Penn State can't figure this out because they, they've had 12 games to, to of college football just to deal with this in general. And then they get this 30-day rest period to be at full strength. Still to come on this Locked On podcast, we're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're still getting primed for this matchup in Atlanta, so stick around. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers to stay hot on FanDuel right now. New customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. The line for Ole Miss and Penn State right now, Penn State's currently in a three-and-a-half-point favorite, according to FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. Thanks for making this Locked On podcast your first listen of the day and shout out to the everydayers. Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. For your second listen, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 stream channel. Be part of history. Okay, Zach, last segment today. This is something I'm interested about because these two programs have never met. There's no history. There's literally is just a blank slate. What was the Penn, what were the Penn State fan base's reaction to be scheduled against Ole Miss in this bowl game? A great matchup. I mean, I was hyping it up the second that it was released. 
I speculating that Penn State was going to play Ole Miss. Somebody, I thought it was either going to be Oklahoma, Missouri, or Ole Miss, one of those three. I knew it was going to be the Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl made it very obvious that they were going to take Penn State, so there was no doubt in my mind that Penn State was headed to Atlanta. It was just a matter of who they were going to face. And I like this because there's the, okay, who's better, the SEC or the Big Ten? How good is Penn State actually? This is something that I've just had a discussion with myself and a debate with myself. And, and I hope the everydayers on my show appreciate it as well. It's an appropriate measuring stick for how good Penn State actually is because they, for some reason, can't get over the mountain of Michigan and Ohio State. But those teams have been elite. Now, what about a team that is solidly in the top 10? Ole Miss. Missouri would have been the case this season. Oklahoma in the top 15, but they beat Texas, right? And Texas in the, is in the college football playoff. So Penn State's kind of in purgatory when it comes to college football because you look at what they've done over the past five years, and and they've won multiple New Year's Six Bowls. I know there was a quarterback injury in the game against Utah, but Penn State had its way with the Utes in the Rose Bowl and blew them out of the water. I want a closer game because you need to get a gauge on what this program, where they actually are. Because everyone says that Penn State is overrated, they're overrated, they're overrated. I, that's not the case at all. I would I would argue that they're slightly underrated. They lost by eight points and nine points to two college football playoff contenders. Ohio State was right there. Michigan is firmly in it. And you can't tell me if the ball bounces a, a certain way in both games that Penn State doesn't come out on top in either of those contests. So to say that Penn State is just this this team that doesn't barely even deserves to be in the top 25, top 15, it is not right. But I want to get a better idea of how good are they? Are they actually a top 10 team and just on the cusp of making and being in that elite category? Or are they are, you know what, they're a 10-win team and there's still a lot of room for improvement here. And that's what Ole Miss can do in this game, at least show what Penn State actually is. Yeah, and the Ole Miss side of the house, um, Ole Miss was excited to play Penn State because Ole Miss thought they were getting mm-hmm. Iowa in the Citrus Bowl, and nobody oh, wanted to play. Oh Iowa. man, <laughs> yeah, that that's what we went into that bowl selection. It's like Penn State Peach Bowl, we're in because we've never played Penn State, and mm-hmm. Penn State is a brand that you always saw. I remember uh, Vinny Testaverde throwing f- like six interceptions in the Fiesta yeah. Bowl. <laughs> And I, yeah. I, rem- I remember all that. It's 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 a brand, those blue and white uniforms. And that's it's real easy to get excited about that. And mm-hmm. honestly, these are two teams that have the exact same resume. I mean, you're walking oh, yeah. in this, they oh, have yeah. the exact same resume. And you get to see exactly where you stand against somebody that, at least on paper, is exactly like you. Penn State strength is going against your strength. Your, your weakness is going against Penn State's weakness. It, it, it should be everything that fans are looking forward to in a bowl game. And honestly, it's not a bowl game that we normally get. So I think we should enjoy this. And then you take in the fact that the 12-team playoff is coming in 11 months. And mm-hmm. that adds on top of everything else. And honestly, this, this is just going to be this is going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. Also, uniform matchup. I'm going to get your opinion on this. I want a color game. I want Penn State in their blue jersey, their white helmets. I want Ole Miss in their powder blue helmets and their red jerseys. I think that would look absolutely fantastic. I think the Ole Miss fans are going to be wearing red, and I'm assuming Penn State's probably going to be in white. Yep. And the crowd, that, that, that'll that look amazing. This has a chance to be the best-looking college football bowl game in a very long time. 
I, I'd like Penn State to wear the all white uniforms. It depends as who's denoted as the as the home team. Penn here. State's the home team. Okay, so Penn State typically doesn't wear white at home. Uh, mm-hmm. It's always the the navy blue jerseys. So Penn State's probably going to wear those uniforms. But yeah, the the color scheme. The the Penn State fans will certainly be in white. I think Penn State is probably going to promote that and say, "Hey, if you're traveling for the game, make sure you wear white." Uh, that that's pretty typical. They do they do that for for every bowl game, for every road game in this case. So even though it's a neutral site game, Penn State is the designated home team. You have to travel to get there for the Nittany Lions in this case. So uh, fans will wear white, and Penn State will wear blue. Should be pretty interesting indeed. We're going to do these crossovers like two more. Leading up to the ball game, we're going to get more and more serious as it gets closer. And with any news breaking, we'll handle that as well. I do want to let everybody know that I do appreciate you watching the show and I appreciate you making this Locked On podcast your first listen. Every day or Thursdays leading up to the Peach Bowl, we're going to do this every week. So you don't want to miss Mm -hmm. it. For your second listen, check out Locked On as it's launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports sport of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. For your second listen, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 stream channel. For those on YouTube, we will send you there right now. For the Ole Miss fans, I say hotty toddy. And for the Penn State fans, I say we are. We'll talk to you later. Thanks, Zach.